David, welcome back. Thank you. I am back from my crisis. Just so everyone knows, I thought I lost my passport. Oh no! Uh, and uh, we're 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 going to Mexico uh, on Monday, next Monday, a week from now. And I was like, so while you all were doing the podcast last week, I was tearing our house apart uh, <laughs> with Lauren. And it turns out it wasn't here. It was actually at my parents' house in a cabinet tucked away from all the other passports. So there, that that was a thing. No, so, I, I also had to get my passport from my parents' house a, a couple months ago. It's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So we're good now, though. But I was not good last Sunday. <laughs> I understand that fully. Uh, how are you feeling? You ready? I'm as I am Lauren and I are ready for the day. I feel like we, we just called our day of coordinator. I think it's gonna be an awesome time. I'm just so I think Kobe, you probably will empathize with this, but just I'm so ready for the planning to be done. Like I'm so ready, like it sounds terrible, but I'm so ready for it to be over. At least not over. I guess I just ready for the day to be here. You know? Yeah. Like I'm tired of the planning part of it. I'm ready for the day. And I feel like this week is just going to be a lot of pent up energy leading up to the day. You know what Dude, I'm saying? I could not sleep. I could not eat. Like I was a mess that week before. That Melly T is going to get a workout. Melatonin. <laughs> 10 milligrams. Let's take it. <laughs> but I slept pretty well on Saturday after that game. Probably because of the miles down Franklin Street that I walked that day. But also, uh, I, I went to bed feeling not the worst, because <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> hey, a win is a win. A win is a win. Oh, by the way, Aaron's not here. Aaron is traveling to San Francisco. I think he's hey, there. Ryan. He hasn't. Probably there now, maybe. Us, but... Oh, my gosh. It's five, it's five o'clock where he is right now. That's egregious. I know. I know, but, um, but yeah, 45, 42, got the dub somehow beat the Canes you down again. Is it bad that like, as soon as I thought when you were like, yeah, let's talk about Miami. I was like, ah, dang it. Can't believe we lost that game. And I was like, I had to reframe my brain. Like, wait a second. Wait, we won. <laughs> we won. Cause yeah. Oh, Oh, I, I think other than the heroic play of Jeremiah Gimmel and Cedric Gray, we should have lost that game. Well, it was like we should have beat the brakes off of them. And then it was like, oh, no, 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 no. Now they're still in this. Oh, no. Oh, no. They're beating us. Oh, no. It's happening. Oh, they're definitely going to win this. Um, Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Holy crap. Oh, bounce off a dude's head. (laughs) Football. Uh, Bounce off a dude's head and we caught it. Let's do it. I just personally don't understand why the Carolina Panthers and the Carolina Tar Heels decide to be the same team in the the sense that (laughs) they absolutely – ignore the middle two quarters of football <laughs> like they, they're they just like second and third quarter who needs it <laughs> you know i don't understand it's so frustrating it's, it's something in the water good. and like the <laughs> the frustrating is if we're gonna keep doing coordinator talk is it's always like well you can't really blame Phil Longo because they scored 45 points, one would say, looking at the box score. And then you have that sequence at the end of the game where we run the ball up the middle three times in a row. That's the thing where, 
generally speaking, you, you have to give the credit. Cause like I said, when you put up 45 points, you, you're going to win 90% of your games or 95% of your games. Um, it's the situational play calling that I think is where Longo gets probably the, the biggest rap at is because like I said, we were in that situation. We were only up three points and with like three minutes left to go to the game and run it three times. They, they Miami had all three timeouts and I get the purpose. The purpose was to burn all three timeouts, but you're still giving them three minutes on the clock. And again, this is a Miami team that had just scored 42 points. Like they had 42. It's not like our defense was stout. Like they're like, oh man, like our defense is doing well. We'll stop them here. Like, no, like we, we played, I feel like this is the right thing. We played not to lose and not to win, you know? And I don't know. I just would have liked to see some aggression because I think Josh Downs and Sam Howell, Sam Howell are the two most talented people on the field at any given time. And I feel like with that combination, you're going to hit at least once (laughs) in three tries. And so I think what was the, probably the most particularly frustrating one was the third down where it was a, a quarterback designed run like yeah like they it's almost like you're conceding at that point like they're like oh we're definitely not getting a first down and so it was like i said i get why but also you got to try something i give them one timeout left and at least try to pass the ball because if you get first down then they use it and then you get you can get down the clock even more but yeah it there was so much to like about the game because, like I said, Sam was just getting pinballed all the time, it seemed like. He had the first run where a um, guy hit, tries to hit him up high and he spins and runs in the end zone. And then he gets for the second run towards the student section and gets hit like three times and they bowl him into the end zone. That's been I mean, a problem with Miami all year that they don't wrap up. They try to hit people and they don't try but, to wrap up. Well, it's even been, Sam said a- they try to make the statement hits. Yeah. Instead of just tackling the person, which worked out in our favor. Yeah. Um, but we won. I mean, Cedric Gray played the game of his career. <laughs> yeah, two interceptions. I mean, uh, the game ceiling interception. It had Duke vibes from two it years ago. Where you give them the ball back, and they're like, oh, they're just going to march down, score, and that's going to be it. Um, and then we get the crucial interception that practically ends the game. So. I th- yeah, I, it was so nerve wracking. I was just happy to get out of there with a win. I mean, I was ready. I was ready for a heartbreak. I was ready. <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't know. I, I just, I'm tired of watching the same game unfold every single week. You know, it's, it's just really frustrating with that to see that there's no, no matter who the team is that we're playing against, that there's no, sense of improvement or like focus nowhere like maybe that's just me being harsh but genuinely when i look at this team play it's like what did you all do in practice this past week and i mean like it looks like the players are going out there and like giving it their all they're just not in the right spots it's not an effort (laughs) it's not an effort thing at all and it's not a talent thing (laughs) i really don't think it's a talent thing uh, but I don't know. Well, they they have two weeks to rest up, reevaluate, and then we're going to South Bend. Oh, so boy. The rest of Carolina's opponents, FBS opponents this year, are ranked. 
um, as of October 18th, it's number 13, Notre Dame on the road. Number 16, Wake Forest at home. Number 23, Pitt on the road. Wofford at home, which is an FCS opponent. That's one and five uh, for senior day. And then on the road to end the season against number 18, NC State. Yeah, I mean, we That's still rough. Got, well, we have two wins, I guess, to get. Need two. Yeah. So it's it's not going to be easy. But. Nope. And we've already we'll – I guess we can do, touch on it really quick, was that in these two weeks, it's kind of like that midway evaluation point with how things are. There's some tough conversations going to be had with players about their futures. And so um, I'm not sure if it's surprising at this point. I, uh, I noticed from the very beginning that Chalfie Brown was taken out of the starting lineup, and now he's in the transfer portal. Yep. So – it is what it is, you know. Yeah, I I would I will, would not be surprised if he goes somewhere next year and tears it up. Yeah. Um, because I do think he has that kind of talent. Unfortunate that it didn't work out this year because I I had really high hopes for him. So hopefully he can figure it out. Just don't go to ACC school, please. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Because people can do else. that now. Mav, what was the environment like in the Dean Dome last Friday? It was very nice. Uh, basically, all of the lower bowl was filled for late night with Roy, so it's still a decent crowd given the sense. But, like, I still felt very comfortable because I didn't have anybody on my row or whatnot, so I didn't have, like, anybody within a, a decent proximity to me, and I was still in the lower bowl. Um, so I, got, I, got, I was able to be a little bit comfortable, spread out a little bit. Um, it was good energy. I mean, I think BDOT was a fantastic host. You need that kind. You need that kind of entertainment. The person that can engage with the crowd and everything. Um, that's something that we've kind of lacked in certain years. I mean, we've had some since good ones. Stuart we Scott. Were, since we yeah, had Stuart Scott. I mean, we had Jesse Holly. I really enjoyed Jesse, but there there was things with that. I mean, we had um, Kenny, the Jet, come for that one, but he was like all reading off of cue cards, like very broadcaster like. And we won't um, mention she who shall not be named. <laughs> I was just about to say. That. <laughs> just about to say. I forgot about that. Yep. Not be named. Oh my gosh. Yikes. And then we had one year, one of our years. I don't think we had a host. That feels right. Yeah. Um, but at least watching at home, it was very well produced uh, for at least what I saw on the TV. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it was the sort of thing where I was just hurry up and wait. And I got in line at like five 30. I walked all the way from Jackson hall down to the S 11 a lot where I finessed the parking spot with the parking permit, knowing that people were going to park there. And then I walked back up, but and waited two hours basically for the event to start. So that was a slow um, wait for that. But once everything got started, it really picked up. And I did like, there was definitely a heavier focus on football. I think, the women's team got introduced and they still did at least one of like the dance with the dance team, but that was it. Um, compared with like the skits and, and stuff like that, they had their dance, they did their scrimmage, they did um, a 10 minute scrimmage, and then it went to the guys, they did a three point contest, and then a 60 minute clock. I was like, Yes, bring it on because the rather than I think in years past, it was just a half of basketball with a running clock, it was. 260 with a 60 minute time limit yeah i i really like the format um carla d did not she wanted the dances and the skits <laughs> um which uh well we someone, still did dances. Enjoyed he them. taught us how to swag surf 
And it was probably the best I've ever seen a swag surf in Chapel Hill. Now they need to remember it and implement it, which I don't think will happen. Uh, on Saturday, it didn't look that hot, so. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't have faith in, in the in The, in the, the bar was low. The bar was low. But no, I mean, and he, he shouted out Stuart Scott. That was it was really impactful. Um, and then we got to the games and stuff. So, I mean, we can get more into specifics or whatnot, especially from the scrimmage. There are three folks that I came away really impressed with. I mean, our, I knew Armando was going to be Armando. Uh, I, Caleb was going to be Caleb. But three people that I think my like feelings going to the season improved on was R.J. Davis. Brady Manick and Dontrez Styles. So RJ's shot just looks so much better. I mean, he looks more confident. Um, so I think we're definitely going to, he's going to be excellent as our sixth man coming off the bench. So that's exactly, it's going to be a good way to lead the second team. I thought Brady Manick, he's got a nice release. Um, he's big. He can get down low just like Armando can. He can get down there with the best of them. He had some really good shots, got open really well. And then Don Trez does not look like he, he, this is his first year. He's already got that kind of the physique ready to go with college basketball. Um, and so, I mean, he also shot off shot. He made a three, he hit some nice mid range jumpers, hit the game winner. Um, so those are probably three that I came away with uh, really impressed. Uh, Brady Manick has fan favorite written all over him. <laughs> that's going to happen in a big way in Chapel Hill. I really like his game, but David, go ahead. Uh, I was just, um, I know that they can't see this. is not a visual medium, but I'm, I'm pouring one out for, for a leaky starting spot. <laughs> okay, so I, I'll, <laughs> I'm trying to remember where I saw this. Yeah, I can talk about this here. Um, a projected starting lineup that I saw was Caleb. Was it Caleb RJ? Justin McCoy, Dawson Garcia, Armando Baycott. I think you, you really? have to start Kerwin over RJ. I'm fine. I it might have been Kerwin over RJ. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. Um, but yeah, I I thought that was very interesting that they they put uh they put Justin McCoy at the three. Now, I, so I do see Justin McCoy at the anymore. three though. I, I definitely would put him at the three, but I would put Kerwin probably at the two. Yeah. I don't know how you justify not starting Kerwin. Yeah. After, no, he, unless there's something and they see in practice that, you know, obviously that we don't see. But, like, just the way he shot the ball last year, the way that he was improving on defense, the energy that he get, Like, he, I so vividly remember when we were like, where are we going to get offense? And this, this fro-headed man was just, like, just knocking it on everybody. We're just yeah. like, where did this come from? <laughs> I and remember see, that. I think we could probably all three of us can agree. I think Caleb's pen, you can pencil in Caleb mm -hmm. and then you can pencil in Armando and then it's two, three, and four that are up for debate after late night. I was I, going into late night. I was concerned. I was like, I've heard perhaps Brady's coming off the bench and Dawson is going to be the four. I'm now feeling more confident. Brady needs to be the four. I think Dawson can spot minutes at the four and, and full back up to Armando at the now. Five. I like Dawson. So uh, all of our bigs made a three. Dawson knocked down a three as well. Armando looked confident pulling up and taking a three. Yeah. And um, thousand threes every day in the summer. Looks like it paid off. But um, 
Yeah. Okay. Let's let's just do it. Let's just my project the starting lineup. We're gonna do go for it. Caleb uh Kerwin. Okay. Caleb RJ Kerwin. The thing with Leaky is that that his he is a really good perimeter defender and he can and he can defend one through four. That's the only thing is that it's very valuable to have that defense out there. That's why I, I'm struggling taking him out of the starting lineup. But Coach Davis is preaching stretching Shooting, the floor yeah. and wanting shooters on the floor, you know? Like and he sure did clang four threes at, at late night. Um, yeah. <laughs> but he played excellent defense, though. Yeah, he played really great defense, though. I'll give him that. Played but, excellent defense. And like I said, I think that's going to be valuable in the second team. Is is my thing, Leaky? Uh, uh, spoilers: Leaky's not in my starting five. Or, or but like maybe so, like he's your he's your you know your glue guy. He's your you know when Theo was coming off the bench, except Theo yeah. wasn't coming off the bench his senior season. So Caleb looks big. Caleb looks like <laughs> looks like he got. He bigger. looks confident too. Like I said, that's yeah. not necessarily mean the shots always going to go in, but he looks more confident in, in the system, just in himself in general, and so. This was one thing I was going to say about both him and Leaky is that they probably threw the most last year that just got criticized on their shots and the inefficiency shooting the ball. And that's, I feel like that's the point why Hubert made this system that he did is that you're four out, one in. Or so five it, and, out. And, and when, yeah, sorry. Or, no, they, they, they ran some of both. So, yeah. yeah. So the, the point is, is that. And, and I think Caleb showed it more than Leaky is that I don't know if Caleb has to improve in shot because now he's going to have the open lanes to get to the basket. And he got to the basket a lot of times and he made those layups and he made those pull-ups. And so I feel like Leaky should be the same. Leaky should not take a shot with more than 15 feet out from the basket. Well, that and Caleb was knocking him down at the end of the season last year when he was open. Mm-hmm. And, and when you have that threat that you could drive, it's going to open up that shot more. As the season goes on, he's going to get – Better and better. So um, we have Kerwin on the floor, Caleb on the floor, Brady on the floor, and Armando on the floor. Even now, Leaky shouldn't be taking a shot more than fifteen feet out. We have shooters now. Yeah, so he needs, he to, be needs ben to be Simmons. Use his length and his <laughs> long arms to get to the basket, get above defenders. Yeah, and and that's all he needs to do. He and that he can get easy buckets, and he can build some equity back <laughs> from folks who get frustrated with him. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to, oh, I don't like this. So this is my ideal starting lineup. I'm not going to project anything because I don't know anything. This is my ideal starting lineup. We're going to go Caleb, RJ, Kerwin, uh, Dawson, and uh, Armando, just because I really want Brady uh, coming off the bench with points. I think that's going to be, if we start RJ, then we need points coming off the bench. Um, So that's why I'm sliding Brady. I'm sliding Brady off and Dawson on. They have a little bit more size. Yeah. You want to go, David? You're muted. I thought I unmuted myself. My, Lauren was showing me a TikTok. Um, <laughs> good old Zoom. As one does. Um, so the, the piece that is so, – so Caleb is starting at the one. Yeah. And Armando starting at the five. And I'm not, right. And Armando is starting at the five. I feel like those are not up for debate. Yes. You know, whether they play lineups with Caleb at the two and like what, whether they pull out some crazy lineups like Coach Williams did. They're starting. Early in the season. They are starting. 
They are going to be in the starting lineup. Those are your two most talented players. I'm going to be honest. I don't know a ton about DeMarco Dunn, but he's – no, sorry, not DeMarco. Dontre Styles. And but I see that he's from Kinston, and I automatically have to assume that he can ball. So, <laughs> and, and for what he showed, he's definitely got flashes. You know, like so we got to give him a couple points there. I think um, it's really tough because I think I think Kerwin Walton gives you the shooting you want. I don't know how he looks like defensively this season. The 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 real the the one who is sticking in my brain as to where I don't know where he's going is Anthony Harris because when Anthony Harris is on he's really on but he needs to stay healthy you know it's just like his health has always been the question so like I've never seen Anthony Harris full strength ready to go for a full season so like I I would be curious to see whether he ends up like a major like part of this or even I don't think he's going to start I think that RJ Davis has earned that right to start at the two um well actually no I'm sorry not sorry not RJ Davis uh Kerwin Walton has earned the right to start um but RJ Davis playing lots of minutes at the one and two you know in that rotation at the three scanning that's tough three and four is tough I would I would want to say my gut reaction would be Brady Manic just because he brings us up. But Justin McCoy is also apparently no joke either. Like I remember reading early in the season, he's like really intense. A like dog. Calling <laughs> people, like calling people out in practice, like getting on dudes. And like if he's really showing that kind of leadership transferring in and if he's that kind of dude and he can stretch the floor and he can bang down low and and guard multiple positions then he i mean he very well might get that starting position so i think that that's kind of a toss-up i mean i think he can guard three through five and that's what i that's what i was looking at i I think he's like looking at him and and seeing him like he looks strong enough and big enough to do it i'm just curious as to where he'll play i know i'm not giving a lot of concrete answers here but i i think I think it would be interesting. I think we'll see some version of the Twin Tower thing with Dawson Garcia and Armando Baycott. But at the end of the day, I think that it'll be Armando Baycott. And I do think that Brady Manic will end up getting the start at the four. And then maybe put like either Leaky or Justin at the three. But I think it's going to be Justin. I would agree the same. So I, at this point, I, I would put Brady at the four. I, we will get – there will be sequences where we're going to get Armando and Dawson, and I think it's going to be yeah. really fun. Um, that It's it's not like it's not going to happen. I just think no, yeah. in terms of starting, I think Brady's the starter. He's the the veteran alongside Baycott to lead that front court um, and such. So that leaves my three and two. I mean, I've started thinking about it now. I think – my lineup would go Kerwin at the two and Justin McCoy at the three. I think it's that's my lineup. I think it will be Kerwin and, and Linky at the three, at least to start out. And if someone shows up, it'll be like the the Roy Williams and the Dean Smith kind of stuff, where the senior will get it and maybe they lose it if the if if someone else just improves or whatnot like that because i feel like there has been a lot of animosity put leaky's way i'm not sure if it's i don't believe it's totally just um 
it's just been it's just some of it's just frustrating to a lot of people but I still see at least some of that Carolina tradition still carrying through I mean I can see Leaky falling into like the Draymond Green secondary facilitator sort of role especially with so much space he'll be able to like get into the lane and kick it out or like be able to do stuff and facilitate from the wing that should be possible with this new system speaking of this new system by the way as we were talking about a little bit with um, what matt said earlier there's a lot of four around one a lot of five out stuff if you want to like look at some like the principles of five out basketball you, you can watch uh it's a lot of what West Virginia has been running for years and years. Uh, uh, you can watch Bob Huggins do like teach the five out offense during a practice. If you want on YouTube is very interesting if you're a nerd like me. Uh, but I also spotted a little Virginia blocker mover stuff. Uh, just having two post players and just running that wheel offense, just like running off screens, trying to get people open on the perimeter. I think a lot of people are going to have to reckon with Virginia basketball if we're going to be running that Dick Bennett offense. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, one thing you think about too. So, like I said, we're doing our lineups right. Like with mine, you guys think of that of some of those solid second unit players. Like to me, RJ, Ant, Justin McCoy, or Leaky mm-hmm. Dawson. Um, I mean, you, you're getting some defense on that second unit. Yeah. So it's kind of it can be it can be a thing like maybe they might not they could potentially struggle shooting wise, but they might keep the other team from scoring while starters take a break. But I I still see a lot of production there. Like I said, the way RJ looks, I feel like he's going to be able to score just fine. Um, I mean Dawson, like I said, has his three point shooting. Like I said, one of Justin Leakey will be that lockdown. Um, and I I admit, uh, Dontrez is coming there too. I mean you could you might could even go what RJ. Don, um, uh, Leaky, Dontrez, Justin, and Dawson. That'll work. Yeah, so w- let's get into some of our player predictions for the year. Mav, who do you think is going to be a, a breakout player for for Carolina? I think it's going to have to be RJ. RJ Davis from me. Oh, he stole mine! <laughs> like I said, I mean... In that three-point shooting contest, his shot, it looks clean. He looks more confident. I think he he's de- – for it's the kind of thing where we're talking about, I would think, where their floor – based upon where their floor could be versus what the ceiling could be, they have the most to be able to impress. Like I said, that kind of takes Caleb out, that takes Armando out. So I'm looking more of those that can have the biggest improvement, and I would put it at RJ. David, what do you think? Creighton Lebo. <laughs> no, um, I think that this is the year that Anthony Harris makes the jump and he stays healthy and he's a major contributor and he becomes what I believe everyone think he can be, which is a ridiculous perimeter defender and also a really good energy and and spot up shooter that get that you know like that that gives us and maybe not a starter, but someone who's going to get a ton of minutes. And, and and give us energy off the bench. I, I think that he's going to have his fair share of good nights for Carolina basketball. Just be annoying as hell. That's all I need from him. Right. Just 
just bugs. Go out there and bu- bother someone. <laughs> That's what I want. Like just say, point to, the guy, point to the number and say that one. And just <laughs> <pick> on <it. laughs> that guy. <laughs> Carolina Neat, I've wanted one of those for so long. Just you just sick them on somebody and just put them in hell for three minutes and then he sits down. Guys, do you remember? I remember this. I don't know why I always remember this. Do you remember when we put Theo Pinson on Marvin Bagley and it worked? <laughs> do you remember that? I do that? remember that. <laughs> hey, remember I remember that? we put Joel James on Jaleel Okafor and it worked. And it worked. Put the straps <laughs> on him. I was so hyped. I got me so excited. All right. Um. I yeah. For mine, it's RJ. I I think he just has going off of last year. I think he has so much that he can add to his game. Speaking of adding to the game, though, I might just call an audible and say Kerwin because I think that we saw flashes at the end of last year of him pump faking and putting the ball on the floor he's going to need to do that this year in order to score because teams are going to be game planning for him this year and he can get to the basket he's been crafty um in flashes throughout the throughout last season so i I really think that we're going to see the next step of kerwin's game yeah i mean i really didn't even mention him when i was talking about my stuff like he he showed off some little handles here and there he dunked twice like He's got a little he wiggle. Start developing his package a little bit, like with his spin, with his moves. With back, Twitter will be excited for. <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll take yeah. it. I think that uh, I think Kerwin Walton is going to like. I don't know. Maybe this. Should, maybe it's just me thinking as a product of the fact that Hubert Davis wants to space the floor. But realistically, like y'all, Armando should body anybody in the paint. Like, I don't care who, like, it's either going to be even or he's going to beat you down. Like, I don't think there's anybody that's going to out-muscle or out-work Armando in the paint. Now, I will say during late night, he had a couple moves where that got me a, a little excited in my apartment. Like, after late night, I looked at Carla and I said, he's gone. <laughs> like he is not coming back for his senior yeah. year. Like this is it for us. In our I mind. mean that. I mean that also goes to the system where not only can the guards get the basket, but if the, a big man can get some good moves and get to the basket as well. He put the ball. I don't know who was guarding him, but I'm pretty sure it was ball. that it was Dawson. If I'm thinking of the one you thought it, yeah, he, 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 put, he, put he took the Dawson to the basket, hit him with the spin. I was yeah. like, oh my goodness, because Dawson was guarding him for most of the time they were on the floor. Yeah, but so. to that point. I don't think many people in the country can go one-on-one with Armando. And if they double, guess what? You got Brady Manick, you got RJ Davis, you got Kerwin Walton on the perimeter. And if they don't, if they want to, if you want to get a slash, you got Caleb coming in, you know, you know, coming in and taking it to the basket, drawing fouls. If they want to put Armando out, Caleb can also go one-on-one with dudes. Like, I just think there's a, I think this team has options. And I feel like we haven't always had options. You know, I feel like it's been very one-dimensional the, fa- the past three, four years. Not not because the scheme is one-dimensional, but, like, legitimately you only have, like, one person on the floor who could put the ball in the basket at any given time on the floor. Now, I think it's – I think it's – I think there's the ability – because because you think about it, like, RJ can put the ball in the basket, Caleb can put the ball in the basket, Armando can put the ball in the basket, Brady Manning can put the ball in the basket. You know, like, 
Dawson Garcia can put the ball in the basket. Like, oh, don't, don't get me excited, David. Don't yeah. do that. I'm just no. <laughs> I now I will like to temper a little bit. There, I think there might be one person that can maybe give Armando fix, and that's Mark. Mark Williams, who Mark apparently Williams. was knocking down threes at, yeah, at that, Duke's late night. Event. He might give he might give some fits. He's gonna be a beast this year. He's gonna be really good. He might be ACC player of the year. Um I I can give my first temper your expectations um player. I have mine and mine might be hot. Um mine might be hot, but I, I can explain it well. Um mine is Dawson Garcia. Just well, we because, agree. We're two for two. Just, just because I know he went off when he when Marquette came down here, and I know he has that potential. But just to to answer the question, temper your expectations. He's not gonna go off for twenty four every night. He's not gonna be that every night. Yeah. He's not that kind of player. He can be, but he's still young. He's like nineteen years old. And he's going to get better, but he's not. And which, when he gets better, is gonna be a problem. But for this year in specific, uh, I wouldn't be expecting that night after night from Dawson Garcia. I'll quickly go off it just to do it because mine is for a little bit slightly different reasons. Because, like I said, at this point, because I think Brady is going to be the starter, he had his production by playing thirty minutes a game because out of necessity at Marquette, and so it's it's not necessarily that he's going to be bad at all. Um, like I said, I think it's more of a thing where he might just not have the same minutes. I think he can be just as effective in those minutes, but that's the one where I feel like it's just got to be tempered i don't know man this team can go 10 deep legitimately i I feel like we got a little bit of depth we got a little bit of shooting you know as far as like someone to temper your expectations for i don't i don't know like it might be for me personally like i just don't know a lot about justin mccoy like that might just be me so like out of default he didn't play a lot when he yeah. when he was at Virginia, so so you know it just might be like a you don't know what you're gonna get out of him. So I, I my expectations are like z- zero nada for him because I have no idea. I, him being at Virginia, I just automatically assume he's a good defender. You know, like I don't know if that's a product of scheme. I don't know. Like I just I'm hoping that that because of that. No, they recruit for that. They recruit okay. for good defenders. So so you know whether or not they always like, hit, as in. Last year, uh, <laughs> they they don't always, but no program has a hundred percent hit rate. So, yeah. Um, are we are we moving off of UNC basketball? Because there is one thing that did happen that I think is noteworthy in recruiting. Um, really quickly, I do want to talk about our non conference schedule. Uh, <laughs> cool. Let's do that. Because so the AP poll came out today uh, during my lunch break. Very nice of them to do that. Um, and it is rough. So we have number two, this is not in order, uh, but we have number two, UCLA, number six, Michigan, number seven, Purdue, and either number four, Villanova or number 18, Tennessee. Uh, all those teams are ranked higher than us preseason. Honestly, if I was a pollster, I probably wouldn't have ranked us, um, to start the year. But, you know, name on the front of the jersey, it'll get you a little cachet. But, yeah, our non-conference is going to be tough, which is why I'm glad that we are starting with, I think, Loyola, Maryland, uh, Elon, and College of Charleston. 
So, yeah, it's going to be expect some L's in November and December. Yeah, it's it's going to be tough. But, uh, you know, I, iron, iron strengthens iron. Is that what it is? Sharpens iron? I don't know. <laughs> Unless you get cut. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, I mean, it is very much that Roy Williams, like, we ain't going to run from anybody in, pre- in, in early season and in, in, you know, non-conference. Well, not even because like we didn't schedule these like CBS sure. classic, ACC, big 10 challenge, hall of fame tip off. And then like the loser of the hall of fame tip off. We didn't schedule these dudes. <laughs> they, they, this is just who showed up. <laughs> well, we did. I don't beat. think we were anticipating UCLA being the number two team in the country. Maybe no, arguably should have been the number one team in the country coming in. That's also true. Very true. But it's it's gonna be rough. But you know they're gonna be growing pains with this team. Like, but luckily I think that I think the the people that that had uh, sorry I guess last year I think Caleb and RJ went through their growing pains and I and I really think that this is their opportunity to seize the moment. Now whether they actually seize it or not, it's up to them. They got to do it. But I think that the opportunity is ripe for them to really show why they were so highly touted, why they're why we were so excited for them to be here. Because I think Caleb showed flashes. I think RJ showed flashes. I think those two can really, like, put it together. And then with Armando being proven and really having a breakout year last year, I think the pieces are there to have a really successful season. Now, obviously, you know, if everything was cut and dry, you know, it would be really easy. We'd win a lot of games. It'd be great. But, you know, it doesn't always shake out that way. I'm just excited for Carolina Twitter to get mad that there aren't enough uh, post touches in this new scheme. That's going to be my favorite part of it's gonna Carolina be the, it's basketball be, Twitter this year. It's, it's going to be the flip. It's like, why are we doing so many post touches? Shoot more threes. And now they're going to be, oh, my God, stop shooting threes. <laughs> <laughs> Man. When we're, we're I'm gonna remember this conversation when we go like 0 for 12 from the three point line in like <laughs> October or not October in uh in like November December, uh and it's just gonna be I'm just gonna remember this just gonna yeah. remember this just remember everybody do not overreact to uh basketball played before New Year's don't do it you're gonna mess yourself up all right. Uh, David, what did you want to talk about? Oh, recruiting. Yeah. So recruiting. I, maybe, maybe it's just me, but like, I, I don't, I just, I haven't been paying attention too much to recruiting. So like, I, I'm usually a little bit better about it, but I have been kind of crappy about it, uh, lately. So I think you have a good excuse. Yeah. I was personally shocked when we picked up a 2023 five-star guard, <laughs> you know, like, I uh, and I, I hope I'm, is it Simeon Wiltshire? Simeon Wiltshire, yeah. Simeon Wiltshire, okay. So that just tells you, I have no idea who this is. I had no idea we were on his radar. I had no idea that he was on our radar. I, I just haven't. So I was shocked when they was like, oh, tw- 2023 five-star guard. I'm like, that's a big deal. <laughs> I feel like that's a big deal. Yeah, Um. so I think, if I'm if I'm counting right, that's the third commit to verbal on the official visit with Hubert Davis. He's got that practically. I mean, he he did technically do it at late night, but 
it was three where there were um, were there were sources that said like they were pretty much going to commit, like they knew their decision. And uh, he, yeah, I don't know. Hubert Davis just has a charming smile, and I feel like that uh, that gets everybody going. Uh, everyone, everyone's like, "Yep, I gotta be here." But and then I saw that earlier that we picked up a, a crystal ball for uh, uh, Gigi Jackson, mm-hmm. um, which you know, number ten recruit, top ten recruit, power forward. I mean, like, I don't know. I feel like Hubert Hubert Davis is doing a good job on the recruiting trail. I mean, he did well with the grad transfer thing going on. Um, and I feel like he's doing his thing on the recruiting trail, you know, going into the future, because I think eventually, you know, Armando might be gone. If Caleb has a great season, he might be gone. Um, so just like looking ahead towards the future, I, I'm, you know, I, I think we're in, at least for right now, as far as I, th- I think that if this season goes well, I think we're on the right path to, to keep it going for, for a while. I think, I think I have a lot of faith in Hubert Davis, genuinely, like, in all seriousness, I actually do think he's going to do a good job. So cool. All right. What else do we want to talk about? Can't do football because despite the fact we're recording right now, my team's actually playing still. Yeah. And I don't want to talk about the terrible <laughs> franchise plying its trade in Charlotte. They're taking up space <laughs> in the downtown Charlotte area. <laughs> don't need to do that. I will say that um, in my Pick'em League, I am tied for first right now, and all I got to do is hit the over on this Bills-Titans game to get my first win of the season. So, Heck yeah. We'll see. Uh, otherwise, not sure if we're doing a show next week. I don't know. I, that is, I'm about to say, that David is, won't be here. <laughs> next Sunday is the wedding, so I will not. Well, like, I will not. In def, maybe we'll see on Monday, but yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I'm going to be on a flight to Mexico. So if y'all want to go, I'll send you my takes from the plane. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite part of every time Dave is gone, is getting a list of his takes. <laughs> I, it's funny. It's like, I just, I just read it off. I'm just monotone. Just like, yeah, all right. read it straight. Like, no comment on him. Just read him straight. <laughs> no say, context, no comment. David thinks Sam Darnold's a bum. <laughs> Brian Burns is the best is the best person ever. I don't know. <laughs> Something along those lines. 